This morning, I'm just going to present some basic facts from the Bible and uh, allow you to make the decisions or the conclusions. So because the subject is based on a pattern that I fail to understand, I have entitled, entitled the presentation as the pattern that I failed to understand before. Okay. So let's have a word of prayer before we uh, go ahead. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Sabbath day. We thank you for all the blessings that you have given each and every one of us. We ask you in a very, very special way that thou lead and guide my uh, mind and heart and help your message to be given out to all the people. Lord, in a very special way, I ask the presence of the Holy Spirit also now. We thank you once again for this Sabbath day. We ask all these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I, I would like to make this a little bit more interactive. So, I might ask you a few questions before I start. Bear with me. I have, normally I wear three glasses for different things because I'm not used to wearing the progressives. So, so I am going to play around with a little bit of glasses, few glasses. Okay. So how many like to, uh, how many don't like public speaking? Okay, I don't either. So, <laughs> so, so this is going to be a challenge for me also. How many like to listen to speaking? I mean, to, to a speaker. Okay, everybody likes that and I am one of them. Uh, how many speak multiple languages? Okay. okay, I do too, so bear with me if I fail to come up with a word. Uh, I just ask those questions just to feel comfortable that I'm not alone. <laughs> and I normally think in my language, so I basically might have a problem in coming up with different words, so feel free to prompt me with words. Okay. And I do have an accent also, by the way. So I'll try to clearly pronounce the words as possible. So this is going to be a few stories that I'll present to you from the Bible. And these, uh, most of these stories you know. And I'll start off with the creation story. So let's go to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So, we know the rest of it, right? We are all results of God's creation, right? So, let's, let's go to chapter 1, sorry, chapter 2, 1. Okay, so thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And one and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. So, I mean, this is a story that we've, read over and over again and we know some more, I mean most of it by heart God, that God created 
within six days, he created all things and he rested on the seventh day. So what are the main things that you see as important here? I see the power of God, which is unfathomable, can one speak and create all things within six days. I mean, here we can speak for five minutes sometimes. I'm talking about myself. So the other thing that I see is that God is very organized. He carefully planned his creation in detail for each day that spanned seven days and thus creating the first seven-day weekly cycle. So these are, these are two of the main points that I saw, and I know this is out of a limitless number of points, l- limitless list that I got these two points. So let's now turn to Genesis 2, 15 to 17. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Okay, so question time. So did Adam die? Adam and Eve die on that day? No. How many years did Adam live? Thirty years, right? So why did God say something that didn't come to pass or did it? Okay, so let's read a few verses and see what was meant by Genesis 2.17. Let's go to chapter uh, 2 Peter 3.8 that will help us a little, uh, a bit to understand the time frame that God means by a day. Okay, 2 Peter 3.8 says, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. And let's go to Psalms 94. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night. We have some answers, right, for that question? We have one more verse, Psalms 84.10. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. So, after reading these verses, one begins to understand Genesis 2.17, right? That a day in the sight of God appeared to be around a thousand years or a millennium. So, Let's go back again to the question, did Adam die on the same day? (laughs) Yes, he did. Right? So nobody lived more than 1,000 years. The oldest person who lived was Methuselah. Right? And we are told in Genesis 5.5, Adam lived 930 years and then he died and 5.27 says altogether Methuselah lived a total of 969 years and then he died. So so we have some answers for uh, Genesis 2.17 right and it is true. Right? Okay. 
So keep these facts in mind and let's go to the next story. Uh, now, before we go to the next story, let's uh, do the summary. So God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh and hallowed it, thus creating the seven-day weekly cycle. And with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. Okay. So the next story is about this, uh, is the story of Naaman. Do we all know the story of Naaman? Okay, we know. Good. So I'll just summarize it. Naaman was a commander of the army of the king of Syria, a mighty man of valor, but a leper. He and his wife also had a captive Israelite girl who worked for his wife. You know the story. One, one day, this girl said to her mistress, if only my master uh, were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. So who was this girl talking about? Okay, so it was Elisha. So we will pick the story from where Naaman goes to meet Elisha. So 2 Kings uh, 5, 9 to 10 tells that Naaman went with his horses and chariot and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a message to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. Now, we know the story. Did Naaman like that? No, he didn't. Yes. But his servants did convince him to do what the man of God had told. And after he dipped himself in the river Jordan for six times, and on the seventh time, his flesh was restored. Right? Okay, so keep that also in mind. And let's go to our next story, the, the destruction of Jericho. Okay. Joshua 6, 1 to 5 says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given, the Jer- given Jericho into your hand. Its kings, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do for six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass, when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Okay, so we all know how the story ended. All the Israelites went into the city and took the city of Jericho. So, let's go to one more story, and we will discuss the pattern after that. So let's turn to Leviticus 25, 1-7. One to seven, and the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you, then the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. Six days you shall sow 
your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather its fruits. But on the seventh year, there shall be a Sabbath, sol- be a Sabbath of a solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord, and you shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. What grows of its accord, your harvest you shall not reap, nor gather the gr- grapes of your intended vine, for it is a year of rest of the land for the land. And the Sabbath produce of the land shall be food for you, for you and your male and female servants, you hired man and stranger who dwells with you. Sorry, bear with me. For your livestock and beasts that are in your hand, it all its produce shall be for food. Okay. So we read the creation story, and we see, observe the first record of the seven-day cycle. Then we learn from the from Second Peter three eight that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and thousand years is as one day. And then came to the story of Naaman, where we observed that he had to wash himself seven times to be made well. After that, we saw the destruction of Jericho where the Israelites went, went around Jericho for seven days and they blew their trumpets, the priests blew their trumpets and they were able to capture the city of Jericho. So, what is the pattern you see here? Absolutely, yes. So, everything is based on a pattern of seven, right? And, you know, we learn from Second Peter, again, uh, to reiterate that one day is at a thousand years and thousand years is as a day. So, I see the same thing as you see. I see that there is a pattern of seven here. And six days we labor and the seventh is a rest. And so... Let's go to the many other scriptures that show us the pattern of seven. So Revelation 1, 12 talks about seven golden stands, lampstands. In Revelation chapter 1, chapters 1 to 3 talks about the seven churches. Revelation chapters 6 to 8 talks about the seven seals. Chapters 8 to 11 talks about the seven angels and the seven trumpets. And Revelation 5, 6 to 7 talks about the seven horns, the seven eyes, and the seven spirits of God. We also know that Enoch was the seventh generation from Adam who walked with the Lord and was taken up to heaven on the seventh year. I mean, as the seventh generation. So based on these scriptures that we covered so far, we see a distinct pattern of seven, right? And of course, number seven is considered a complete number, right? So do you think even Jesus' coming will also be according to a pattern of seven? Okay. Well, before, look at, before we look at the possibilities of it, just bear in mind what I say, what I show next, it is not going to give you any dates. So... 
It may be according to a pattern of seven, but there are no specific dates as such. And Matthew 24, 36 says, Jesus said, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So, based on the pattern, only we have to decide or conclude. Each person can have their own conclusion. Okay. So let's investigate the tentative age of the earth as another subject, next subject, okay, to see whether there is a pattern here. So how many years do you think uh, have passed since creation? How many? Okay, one says 4,000, okay, one says 6,000, okay, all right. Let's, let's try and see what the, the scripture says, okay. So we, we don't know exactly the age of the earth from uh, it, its tentative. But one of the ways historians calculate the age of the earth is to determine tentatively when Jesus was born. Okay, so let's turn to Matthew 22, 1 to 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Right? This is a story that we have, we've known. So, based on these two verses, we know that Jesus was born during the time of Herod. Right? So let's now see how, before we come to Herod's, uh, you know, identifying when Herod was, I mean, during our time frame. Let's go and see the, how the dating system occurred. So we know we have the BC and the AD dating systems, dating systems that before Christ and Anno Domini. And of course, now there is a new dating system called BCE, before Common Era, and CE is Common Era. So, this, the dating system was basically implemented to make the birth of Christ the dividing point of world history. However, when the system was being calculated, they actually made a mistake in pinpointing the year of Jesus' birth. Okay. So, Bible historians think that Jesus was born between 6 B.C., and 4 BC, because in Matthew, as well as in Luke, says that Jesus, born, Jesus was born during the time of Herod. And of course, uh, we, know, uh, we know that BC, 6 BC and 4 BC, BC stands for before Christ. Uh, so sometimes you tend to find, ask, you know, is, if it's before Christ, how can Jesus be born on, during that years? But, you know, we know that they made a mistake uh, before when creating the dating system. So in actual fact, we know that it was between B, uh, 4 and 6 BC that Jesus was born. Bible historians also believe that Herod's demise was around 4 BC. So this is pretty much the timeline. Like when Herod died, <coughs> Joseph and Mary and Jesus came back from Egypt, right? We know that story. Okay. 
Okay. So, based on Bible chronology, now going back to our question, how, how, how old is the earth? That was our uh, second segment. So, how, uh, ba- based on Bible chronology, scholars think that it's around 4,000 years or 4,000 plus years since creation up to the birth of Jesus. Scholars believe that from creation up to Abraham, it's 2,000 years. And from Abraham to Jesus' birth, it's 2,000 years. So in total, up to Jesus' birth, it's about 4,000 years. And assuming that if Jesus was born in 4 BC, tentatively, and now we are in 2016. So, sorry, now 19. I'm looking at <laughs> So the earth is more than 6,000 years old, right? And we have also confirmations from the great controversy. Uh, Mrs. White says in page 518, the great controversy between between Christ and Satan that had been carried forward for nearly 6,000 years is soon to close. And page 660 also says, for 6,000 years... Satan's work of rebellion has made the earth to tremble. He had made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof. And he opened not the house of his prisoners. For 6,000 years, his prison house has received God's people. And he would have led them captive forever. But Jesus has, had broken his bonds and set the prisoners free. Amen, isn't it? So we have a pretty much we have pretty much established that the age of the earth is being more than six thousand years, right? So next we'll look at the condition of the earth. So what's the state of our earth right now? Is there peace and happiness on this earth? Is there love in this earth? Do majority desire God's love and peace? No. Yeah, we see that. So let's see what the scriptures say, tell us, based on this. Matthew 24, 4 to 8, Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but... See to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdoms against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginning of birth pains. Do we hear of wars and rivers of wars? Yes. Yes. Nations rising against nations? Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's go to the next verse, Matthew 24, 12. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Matthew 10, 21 says, Brother will betray brother to death, and the father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. I guess, do we have all these things happening right now? Amen. Amen. So based on these verses, what is the most prevalent what is most prevalent now? Is it iniquity or hatred or both? Oh. Yes. 
So let's go back to Second Peter 3.8 and quickly sum up what we have learned thus far. So Second Peter 3.8 says, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one. And Psalms 94 also says, For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it's past, and like a watch in the night. So, so we know that uh, Earth's, Earth is around over 6,000 years old. We know the pattern. So we know the pattern of seven. So based on the millennial week, if you consider one day for a thousand years, how many or what? How many days or how many days have passed so far? Six. Yes. And this is a. This is basically according to the pattern that God created the world in six days and rested on the seventh, and how Jericho was destroyed on the seventh day, and how Leviticus 24, 25, 4 says God tells, but in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land, a Sabbath to the Lord. So, how close are we to the coming of the Lord? We are very close, isn't it? We don't know when, and that Jesus says that. And I believe the pattern of seven given in the Bible is a very important fact for the coming of the Lord also. So, I guess my timing was a little short, but let's close uh, in, by reading Revelation 24. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and the judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus, and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their forehead or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now think. We have the six days God created. Seventh day was the rest. Just like that, we have the 6,000 years in God's eyes, six days. We had the gospel being preached to the entire world. And on the seventh day, 7,000 years, Jesus could come. So, so we... So what part of the Earth's history are we living in right now? The latter part, right? So how close are we to that great day? We don't know, but we know that we are every day, passing every day, every day that passes by, we know that it is getting one day closer to the coming of the Lord. So you can draw your own conclusions, but my uh, recommendation is don't wait till tomorrow to give your heart to God. Amen. It'll be too late. Amen. Thank you all, and thank you all for praying for me. I appreciate it. Throughout the week, I, people prayed for me, and I appreciate that. Thanks again.